This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone, welcome along to the debrief on the Blood Red YouTube channel. We are live after Liverpool's pre-season draw, a four-all draw against Greuther Firth away in their German training camp. A very, very eventful game. Of course, it is just pre-season, so not so much we can take from it, but there are plenty of talking points. You join me, Patrick Smith, and I'm joined once again by Matt Addison of Liverpool.com. Matt, how's things? Yep, all good. Plenty to uh, to talk about. Um, we, we previewed the game this morning, didn't we? And there was a few bits that we spoke about that I think we got a bit of confirmation on in terms of, of the system and the way they set up. But yeah, it was uh, an entertaining game. I enjoyed watching it more than the uh, the first preseason game. I thought that was a little bit better. Still a few things for Liverpool to iron out, to say the very least. The uh, the second half, you know, defensively in particular, wasn't particularly good. But you know, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, Darwin Nunes on the score sheet again. Cody Gappo was good. Luis Diaz scores and, and looks sharp. Ben Doak as well. There's there's plenty of, of good things, I'm sure, because the second half um, obviously stays in the uh, the memory. It's the, the most recent thing that happened. I'm sure a lot of people, particularly on social media, will be uh, panicking a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, I was, was, was reasonably impressed, I think, in the first half. And um, yeah, hopefully Liverpool can kick on and we can continue to see a bit of progress as, as the games continue to take by. Yeah, absolutely spot on. I mean, as you said there, we previewed the match together this morning. And I'm going to be honest, it was a pretty boring preview. I mean, there wasn't really much to talk about, was there, ahead of the match? I mean, we're sort of reaching for some points. But yeah, we've got plenty to talk about after that one. Um, as you say, it was two very, very different halves. I mean, Liverpool obviously changed their starting eleven for both halves. I mean, a lot of people listening to this, you may be listening to a podcast, driving back from work or just got in from work wondering what on earth has happened there today. So, Lamar, let's start with the first half, shall we? It was a pretty much full well, a stronger Liverpool eleven, I'll say, starting. And they looked very, very good, didn't they? I mean, I'm going to start in particular with Cody Gakpo. He seemed to be more playing in a midfield role. I was very impressed with him, Matt. Yeah, I, I really like him. I think he's got you know really good skill set to play in that position. He almost reminds me a little bit of Wijnaldum at times when he plays in there, yeah. where he can just sort of take the ball and, and drag you up the pitch without losing it, and can kind of shrug off a couple of defenders that, that try and nick it back off him. So, I mean, that's that's no bad thing, is that he's certainly you know a, a bigger threat in the final third than Wijnaldum. I think he's he's a really really good player, and he's one of those that you can see him playing. As a false nine, you could play him off the left, though we haven't seen him that much. You can play him in midfield. I think Liverpool have got a, a collection of these types of players now where you can kind of say that they cover a couple of positions in one go. And obviously, you know, if the squad is is too small and he's needed in midfield, that means he can't play an attack as well. You, you can't sort of get caught out and, and think that he is two things in, in one go. But I do think he was impressive there today. I'd like to see a little bit of that next season. I, I don't think it'll happen loads because I think... Liverpool have got so many options. We've seen Jones and, and Elliot come back today. So obviously, minor injury, but will be okay. Um, obviously, McAllister as well, who we've seen again today and I thought was was pretty decent. There's there's enough attacking midfield options for Cody Gakpo to not have to play there. But I think it's a nice thing to, to have that. When you think of all of the attacking talent, it's not particularly easy, I don't think, for him to, to get into the, the team every single week as a number nine, clearly. I think Salah and, and Nunes have got a bit of a partnership that's starting to, to come together. I think that's probably the reason why they played together again today. They linked up well last week as well in the friendly. You know, if, if he's going to play, fair enough. You've then got Diogo Jota. You've got other options as well that can play through the centre. So, you know, for, for Cody, it's not a bad thing, I don't think, to, to have a couple of different positions that he can play in. And 
yeah, as you say, exciting signs, good to see it. He's clearly got the skill set to be able to do it. How often do we see it? It's probably a little bit like Trent, where yeah. it's nice to see it in pre-season, but I'm not quite sure that they'll be playing in those two midfield positions on the first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, it is an interesting one because, you know, as you say, he's got the skill set to play in that midfield role. He's very good there, but also he's got the physicality and the capabilities also on that front to play. And I mean, he was absolutely everywhere in that first half. He's obviously, I think, 6'2", 6'3", isn't he? Quite a big guy. It's an interesting option if Liverpool need it. And yeah, very Wijnaldum-like, as you say, Matt. Um, let's move on then, shall we, to the attackers. I mean, Luis Diaz, he's the one who got the goal. Looked very good, Matt, didn't he? We missed him a lot last season. I mean, he's rapid today, direct. He beat about, I think it was four players in the space of a phone box for his goal. He's going to be a huge addition to Liverpool this coming season, isn't he? I mean, to use the cliche that a lot of our listeners hate, he feels like a new signing, doesn't he? That was the exact phrase I was going to use. And <laughs> like you, I was going to sort of cover it with a little bit of a disclaimer before I said it. But yeah, it's it, it's hard to argue against that really, isn't it? When you think of how much football he and Diogo Jota missed last season, I think that the two of them are going to be essentially like new options for Liverpool. And I think that helps in terms of, obviously, it gives Liverpool better options down the left. I don't think we're going to see Darwin Nunes, for example, down the left much next season like we did last season. It just takes the pressure off a couple of those players as well. It's not necessarily the case. I don't think that Liverpool will have a first-choice front three and it's up to the others to try and get into it. I think it'll be a bit more of a game-by-game basis. Obviously, you've got the Europa League to factor in there. You've got... You know, an opportunity, I think, to, to rotate and, and make sure that all of these players are, are getting minutes. And, you know, if you've got five subs in the Premier League, if you've got a couple of, of these players to come off the bench with half an hour left, you can really see a situation where Liverpool can properly manage their forward options. And, you know, I think for, for Luis Diaz, it, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get back up to where he was before the injury. He was probably Liverpool's best player up until October last year when he got that injury. But I think it's, it's going to take a little bit of time still but he's obviously at the back end of last season, a full pre-season, to then go into next season. He's in the perfect position, I think, to, to take that next step. And I think the next step for him is more consistent goals. I think we've seen everything pretty much apart from that next level up in terms of his goal-scoring contributions. He, he did well in the six months for Porto just before he came to Liverpool. He, he kind of stepped up a gear in terms of, of that. We've not quite seen it yet at Liverpool for obvious reasons. You know, he's, he's missed a lot of football. But I think if Liverpool can get near to 20 goals from most of those five attackers, which I think is realistic. Or all of them. <laughs> yeah, if you get an average of 20, you'd imagine Mohamed Salah will get considerably more, maybe one or two will, will fall just short. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of goals, isn't it, going into next season? And yes, Liverpool do keep conceding goals and that has to change. But if you've got forwards like that, I think it could be, uh, we could see a few more four-all draws next season, put it that way. Mm. I mean, is a you know, Low isolated statement. It sounds crazy to think that the attackers alone could score 100 goals between them. But then you think about it, every player is more than capable of that, no more so than Luis Diaz. We know the talent he's got. He's missed a lot of football. And what I love today, mate, you mentioned him and Diogo Jota, that interchangeability between those two. They seem to have a real chemistry when they play together. I mean, Diaz dropping into that number nine, number 10 position that we saw from Mino. And I think he's also very effective in there. And then Jota, of course, loves coming in and scoring from that left-hand side. So that's definitely an interesting partnership to see between those two this season. I imagine they'll play a lot of games together just purely based on that. I mean, they work so well together. Why would you not play them on the pitch at the same time? And of course, on the right-hand side, Matt Ben Doka, we were talking about this morning. What an exciting player he is. I mean, he takes players inside, outside. He's absolutely fearless. He's going to be another huge addition for Liverpool this season because, as we predicted this morning, I think we'll be seeing a lot more of him. 
yeah, really exciting and just so confident, isn't he? He's one of those that you just give the ball to and he'll just take it, dribble, try and beat people, no fear whatsoever. And I think it, it's telling really with all of these players. Sometimes you see someone play at the under-18s and under-21s level and they try and change the game or maybe they're forced to change their game because it, it doesn't quite translate to senior level. But I think with Ben Doak, he's one of those players that it doesn't matter what age group he's playing against, he looks exactly the same. You know, the, the player that I see today or we've seen in pre-season or even in training clips and things like that that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, it's exactly the player that I've seen a few times at the academy when I've been able to, to get down there and, and watch him since he's come to Liverpool. So I think that's, you know, a huge, huge thing for, for him really is that he's clearly got that ability. I think it, it still needs to click in terms of that final touch. There was a couple of moments where he went past his man, but then, you know, the, the final pass or the final shot wasn't quite perfect. But, you know, if if that does click and you think of, of how young he is, he's clearly yeah. got everything that he needs to, to be able to, to play at senior level, score loads of goals, create chances. I think... You know, there's still things to be worked on and we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but there is clearly a huge talent there. And it'd be interesting to see, I think, what happens with him from this point, because he's clearly physically ready to go out on loan and you know do a similar sort of thing to Harvey Elliott and go and play at the top end of the championship and, and slot in there. I don't know of any specific clubs that would be interested, but I'm pretty sure if you ask most of them, they'd certainly say yes. I think... You know, there's an opportunity for him maybe at Liverpool in terms of Europa League, maybe the domestic cups. But I just wonder personally whether it might be worth him going out and playing every single week because I think for that to click and for that next level to come, I think it, it might take you know a bit more consistent football than what Liverpool can offer. And obviously, we've just spoken about how many quality options they've got in the final mm-hmm. third. It might be, it might be more beneficial. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm sure you know he'll get more minutes in the friendlies and. Liverpool have, have got you know another month or so to be able to work that out and and see what is best for him. But I think there's there's possibly a decent argument I think for him going out and, and getting regular football because like we've seen today he's, he's clearly clearly very capable, very very fast, got all of the attributes that you'd need for a Liverpool winger, and he's definitely someone that has got you know a future at the top level of the game, and, and hopefully that can be at Liverpool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out with Bender because he's such an exciting talent, as you say. I mean, I kind of disagree with you, Matt. I think although a loan spell may be an option for him, I'd like to see him stay at Liverpool, play games in the Europa League and the Cups, play in this, you know, brilliant attacking side, get goals for a Liverpool team in front of, you know, ideally a couple of home games at Anfield within the world of good. Maybe loan him out in January after the group stage in the Europa League may be a better option on that front. But yeah, who knows what happened with him. Um, as for the defence, they were pretty solid today. We won't go into too much detail on that. I mean, it is a Pretty much four strength back four, aside from Connor Bradley at right back, who albeit didn't have loads to do, but I thought it was pretty solid again. But midfield, Matt, is probably the last remaining talking point from the first half. Trent Alexander Arnold, named on the team sheet as a number six, played as a number six, and played pretty well again, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Again, similar to Connor Bradley, he didn't have loads to do in terms of, of that midfield role. It's one of those where I think most players with his talent would look good in, in a team like this, in that position. He's got a bit of space and a bit of time. It's more a case of sort of getting into the, the swing of things, isn't it? Really getting back into the rhythm of, of playing. And I'd be a little bit concerned if Liverpool, you know, started that team away at Chelsea on the first game of the season in terms of the um, uh, the sort of rigidity of, of that midfield. I think when Liverpool have got players who are of better quality than the opponents they've played so far this season. We saw a big problem last season really was, you know, how many times they got overran in that midfield. I don't think we've seen, you know, enough of, of the midfield to, to say that that wouldn't be an issue going into next season. I still think, you know, if it was up to me, 
a player who would start as Liverpool's holding midfielder against Chelsea in you know just less than three weeks would probably be a player that Liverpool don't have on their books at the moment. It needs to be a new signing. It needs to be someone that, that comes in. But you know, it, it is an option, isn't it? it? It's clearly something that Liverpool can do against a lesser opponent like this. He's clearly a player that you know can dictate things and, and can do that sort of thing. I still think we'll see a lot of him in the uh, the hybrid role. I think that's Trent's best position still for me is being able to do a little bit of both. He can do the midfield stuff, but also, you know, I think it, it probably helps if he has got that extra midfielder in front of him. It gives him an extra opportunity to, to find a pass and, and an extra sort of avenue yeah. to, to play that ball forward. So I think it's, it's more a case of it's just a necessity for Liverpool at the moment. I've not yet seen enough to, to change my mind on that, but... We'll see. It's certainly an option, and you know, for, for certain points of, of next season, it would be it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? It'd be exciting to see that. Whether it works, I'm not too sure. But uh, yeah, what we've seen so far is is decent, but just not quite enough yet to make me think that that can be the plan moving forwards. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I'm fully agreeing with you there on that one. I mean, obviously, that first half today was a very pre-season, nice workout, a bit rigid, not loads going on, not much to do for those players. As you say, they won the first half 1-0. And then the second half, Matt, let's move on to that now, shall we? Because we've gone through the good, let's go through the bad. I mean, the start of the second half, obviously, saw Groyter get that goal back. Very, very strange one. I mean, it was a sloppy pass from Adrian, who, I mean, we should start with Matt. He's Liverpool's third-choice goalkeeper. He was offered that extension in the summer and poor James McConnell, the 18-year-old midfielders playing slightly out of position as we spoke about this morning. Very unfortunate mistake for him, isn't it? And well, it's not a mistake from him. I'd say it's more a mistake from Adrian and it's another catalogue of errors in Adrian's Liverpool career. Yeah, Adrian had a, a strange half an hour, didn't he? He was only on the pitch half an hour, but conceded three times. A couple of those, there was nothing he could do about. Made a really good save in there. Set up one of the goals with a good throw. So yeah. he, he did some good things. But yeah, that was a really poor decision, I think. And I think even if it was Fabinho, say, or you know Henderson or whoever was in that holding midfield position, it would have been a little bit silly to try and pass the ball out in that position. But I think especially when it's James McConnell, who's playing out of position a little bit, is still a teenager, very inexperienced. You know, there's no there's no blame on his shoulders. I think it was just a, a poor decision from the goalkeeper to try and play it out. And yes, yeah, Liverpool have, have got to learn from that. But to be fair to, to James, I think he did pretty well to... Um, to kind of recover from that. It would have been easier yeah. to start giving the ball away a few times and, and look a bit nervous, but you know, he brushed it off, got on with it and, and did well for, for the rest of the time that he was on the pitch. So, yeah, it wasn't a great moment, but uh, I'm sure we won't see too much of that. And again, similar to, to what I said before in terms of, of people maybe being a little bit concerned about these sorts of things, I'd be very, very surprised if Adrian plays any minutes for Liverpool next season. I was slightly surprised because of that, that he played any minutes today. It would have made more mm. sense, I think, for me to to see Kelleher in there rather than him. But it's just one of those things. It's pre-season. doesn't particularly matter. And we move on very quickly. Yeah, very brave from Conor. I mean, he, he kept on that bravery on the ball, as you say. Really impressive maturity from him as he's just 18 years old. But the point on Adrian I was making, Matt, I mean, let's say Kelleher has been linked with a lot of clubs this summer. There are going to be bids for him. I mean, I'd be very surprised if there weren't. If Liverpool were to sell him, would Adrian be okay as Liverpool's backup goalkeeper or do you think they'd have to go and sign someone else as a number two? Because as we've seen today, you don't really know what you're going to get when Adrian plays, do you? 
No, well, firstly, I mean, the um, the, the decision to play Petaluga and, and Adrian and obviously Allison, who didn't play last week, was just purely in terms of, of spreading those minutes out. So it's nothing to do with a potential transfer or, or anything that anyone should be should be worried about. But yeah, I mean, I think at this point in the summer, I'd be surprised if he moved on. I think if it was going to happen, it probably would have done so already. If it was to happen, though, as you say, Liverpool would probably have to go out and, and do something and, and get somebody better in. But I'm not overly worried by it. It, it would. It, it was slightly strange, I think, in terms of the decision not to play Keller today and, and to give you know, Pitaluga fair enough. You know, he's he's one of those that could be you know an option in the future. Potentially, could be you know a number two in a year or two's time. But um, yeah, to, to play Adrian, I thought was was slightly slightly strange when you think that Keller is probably going to have a, a he's almost certainly going to have a much bigger role if he's still at Liverpool next season than he certainly will do. Um, so yeah, it's it's nothing to be too concerned about, I don't think. But yeah, Keller can can still have a a big role to play, I think, at, at Liverpool next season. Yeah, definitely, will, especially in the Europa League, I think, is where he'll get you know his longest run in Liverpool game, the Liverpool shirt he's probably had in his career. I mean, there's so much great attacking play in the second half that we will be moving on to. But maybe I have been too harsh on Adrian because, of course, Liverpool did concede four goals, and I mean the second one, I'm not sure how that wasn't given offside. I mean, the third one as well was a counter-attack. Both goals are sort of counter-attacking situations, the third and the fourth, Matt. Liverpool's defence in transition now. It's pre-season. We don't want to be too harsh. Of course, it is just a routine workout. Lots of these players, you know, didn't get too much game time last season. Joel Matip, Joe Gomez, Joel Quanta, of course, was on loan at Costa Samikas. As it stands, Matt, that is Liverpool's backup defence. And they were caught out multiple times today, weren't they? I mean, a couple of times our drummers of course, left with no chance. But it was a pretty dodgy defensive display, albeit pre-season. Doesn't bode well for the season, does it, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it's a hard one to judge, isn't it? Again, I mean, Liverpool have, have not performed well in that second half, but obviously they've not got senior midfielders there. They've not got the, the goalkeeper in, the first-choice goalkeeper in that second half. So it's it's a hard one to judge, I think, for, for someone like Joe Gomez or Joel Matip. I think they're the ones that you would look to and think that they should have done better. Costa Simicast as well, but he had a card and... Looked a, a little bit out of position at a good few yeah. times. So those are the three really that you'd look at and think they've got to show a little bit more. I still think Liverpool desperately need uh, another centre back to, to come in before the start of the season. Obviously, the midfield is now the priority, but that has to be something that they think about as well. But I don't know. It's it's so hard to, to judge these players that the best thing that I can sort of say in terms of um, sort of where they're all at is that you think back to, to moments last season. You know, this isn't a one-off where Liverpool haven't closed down or have looked a little bit lost in terms of those transitions. I think you only have to look back to the last game of, of last season and Gomez and Matip were involved there, didn't cover themselves in glory. There was certain points of last season where that was exactly the same as well. So it's not a one-off, is it? It's not something that Liverpool have you know been able to sort of look back and, and say, well, this was, was a one-off. It was kind of a continuation, really, of what we saw for a lot of, of last season. So... Yeah, look, it's it, it's not great. There's still a lot of time to, to improve. I'd like to see a little bit more of, of Matt at Simicass and Gomez in a slightly more senior team. And, you know, maybe then we can make a, a proper judgment on them. But it wasn't great second half, but that can, at the same time, that, that can happen in, in pre-season friendlies at certain points. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult one to read, though, because as we say, it is pre-season and they haven't played much recently. But they are players who will have that for next season. They won't play for... 
10 games and then all of a sudden they'll be expected to play a game and then go a few weeks without playing and then play another game. It's going to be that stop starty, you know, lack of routine and rhythm for them in the Liverpool side. And it does concern me to us. I think Joel Matic, Matt, I don't want to obviously pinpoint one individual, but it's Liverpool's resetting from set plays. I mean, that's where they conceded the second one. And of course, the defence in transition when they're getting counter-attacked, they're very susceptible to it now, aren't they? I mean, Joel Matic has lost his legs, I think, which happens in these Jürgen Klopp sides and Joe Gomez at right-back. I'm not entirely sure about it yet. Fully agree with you. I think I'd like to see definitely a centre-back signed. And then if there's any budget there, I mean, potentially right-back, obviously, the Joshua Kimmich rumours would be absolutely ideal to cover midfield and right-back. But who knows? There's definitely uh, recruitment to be done in the defence as well as the midfield. That can't be forgotten because, as we've seen today, Liverpool's backup defensive options are pretty weak. I mean, I'm, yeah, I don't want to judge too much in pre-season, but I'm not advancing their chances going into next season because they'll probably have to play a lot of games with the Europa League, of course, with that tight schedule Thursday to Sunday. Anyway, though, I'll stop being negative now. We'll move on to the good parts of the second half. Going forward, Matt, Liverpool looked very good. It was that link-up again on the right-hand side with Harvey Elliott and Mohamed Salah. I'll start with that, of course. We'll move on to Nunes' double. But Elliott and Salah, Matt, really impressed me with that link-up play on the right-hand side. Yeah, it was good to see, wasn't it, the, the goal that came from that little bit of, of passing. Brilliant from Elliott and then a brilliant pass from Salah as well. I think Salah's passing is, is really underrated by a lot of people. It, it's an element of his game that I think doesn't really get talked about enough. I think you know, for, for that sort of combination... Salah and Nunes as well, that combination looked good. I think there's there's certain signs that Liverpool can click back into gear and, and hopefully that, that can be the case. You'd like to think that you know next season, if Liverpool have got more attacking options, we see a little bit more rotation and there's a little bit less pressure on a couple of those players' shoulders. Someone like Harvey Elliott played, you know, almost every game last season until right near the very end he'd played a part in, in every single fixture that Liverpool had played. Again, I think we see, you know, a better version of him if he can be a backup, say, to, to Thomas Lyle on that right-hand side of the midfield three. I think we suddenly see a, a bit better version of, of all of these players. So, yeah, it was good to see. I think, you know, it's it's easy to overlook the quality, shall we say, of, of someone like a, a Harvey Elliott. I think you know, Curtis Jones ended last season really well. Liverpool have got a couple of new midfielders in to play in those roles. But, yeah, don't, don't forget about Harvey Elliott, definitely. I think he's one that can make a, a real big impact next season. And, Look, if he if he starts all of the Europa League group stage games, gets a few minutes off the bench in the, the Premier League games, that's kind of about right for his age. He shouldn't be yeah. nailed on starter every single week for Liverpool. That, that probably does him more harm than good in the long term. So, yeah, I'm excited to, to see a little bit more from him and, and what he can do. But I think it's almost the case next season of maybe less is more with someone like Harvey Elliott. Mm. Yeah, we know how great he is. He had an amazing summer, didn't he? with the England under-21 side who won the Euros. He also looks like he's bulked up a bit, Matt, doesn't he? He's looking very muscular today. Isn't he? He's put on some weight in his upper body. I mean, you know, good for him playing at Liverpool midfield. He can be a bit more robust in the tackle because that's where most people were critical of him last season. As well as he played on the ball, there were some questions being asked of him off the ball and his physicality in the midfield, particularly when Liverpool were in a lot of trouble. But I don't think that was too much of Harvey Elliott's fault. Was it? But um, yeah, as you say, Salah, of course, played well. But that link up with Nunes up top, I mean, a brace for Darwin Nunes. Goal scorer scoring goals in pre season, it's only a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, he, he looked sharp. He impressed me a lot more today than he did last week, certainly. He was a lot more instinctive and confident, I think, is, is probably the word. I think, you know, the, the first goal to, to go around the keeper, good movement, good pass. 
like I said before, the, the partnership really between Salah and, and Nunes, I think, is, is something that Liverpool can work on. It was not quite as good as the, the goal he scored against Real Madrid, where he kind of slit, you know, slided the, the, crazy, the ball yeah. in between the lines. <laughs> you can see that kind of thing happening. You know, a, a kind of run across that defence, timing it perfectly. Salah knows exactly where to put it. And then it's obviously on to, to him to be able to, to put the ball in the back of the net. Second goal as well from him as well was good. Could have had a, a hat-trick if it wasn't for a, a good save near the end. So it's good, isn't it, to, to see these sorts of things. Again, similar to, to Elliot, I think people maybe over-exaggerate you know, the, the season that he had or, or the struggles at certain point that he had last season. But you know, Darwin Nunes scored 15 times, assisted four times. If he did the same thing again next season, that wouldn't be the worst thing. But I'm pretty sure he'll be able to, to improve that. So, yeah, good to see, good signs. And I'm sure you know we'll, we'll see a little bit more of him moving forwards and he'll be able to, to continue to develop. And I, I do keep saying it, but I think it's it, it's a really important point. That the fact that he's got more competition and, and more people around him, it's not so much just on Darwin Nunes moving forwards. If Liverpool have got Jota and Gakpo and Diaz back and all of these other options, Ben Doke even maybe in a, a few games that can come on and, and get those minutes. It's not all about Darwin Nunes. It's it suddenly, you know, it can be him that flies under the radar rather than being the club record signing, the guy who, mm. you know, all of the, the burden is on his shoulders. So I think he is one that can definitely benefit from that next season. And I'm backing him certainly to have a good season. I wasn't particularly impressed with him in the first preseason friendly, but much, much better today. And I think that's... You can't really read too much more into it than that. You can't get too down when he doesn't play well or too up when he does. It's just one of those things that the more he can improve on those attacking instincts and, and score a couple of goals, he does really feel like a player that if he scores in the first couple of matches of next season, could be really on for, for an excellent campaign, I think. Yeah, he's a real mixed bag, and yeah, I suppose that's why the Liverpool fans adore him so much because you don't really know what you're going to get from him. But yeah, as you say, I mean, he was desperately unlucky not to get that hat trick. It was great work actually from Wilkamin Fraundorf down the right hand side. Lovely ball played in from him. Great header, just very lucky from Nunes. But I mean, the thing, you know, last season he's desperate for that goal, wasn't he? He was very desperate in his movement. He was bursting a lot. He was maybe running too much and too far. Whereas today he showed a lot more control in his movement. I think you know it's not quite those desperate sprints into the box trying to get a goal he trusts himself backs his movement a bit more today and hopefully he can carry that into the season because a slight bit more composure from him and I think he'll be reaching 20-25 goals no problem at all we know what great talent he can be but yeah anyway we'll wrap that one up there a very crazy pre-season match for Liverpool today against German second tier opposition Greuther Firth a four-all draw they definitely need some recruitments we've established in their backup defence I mean definitely a centre-half is needed I think for the legs of Joel Matic more than anything but yeah going forward great signs from Liverpool and they now head off to Singapore for their second leg of their pre-season but for myself Patrick Smith and Matt Allison thank you so much for joining us on the debrief make sure that you subscribe to the Blood Red channel we'll give you loads of content Keep you up to date throughout Liverpool's pre-season. And of course, check out all the written content on Liverpool Echo websites and socials and of course, liverpool.com. But yeah, for now, thank you for joining us on The Debrief. We'll catch you again soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.